Hello there, I'm John Hoare and welcome to the second episode of the Dirty Feed podcast. And it was only going to be a matter of time before I managed to twist things around talking about Red Dwarf. With Series 10 currently going through post-production for an autumn showing on Dave, I thought it'd be fun to go back and talk about something from the show's very first series. Fifteenth of February, nineteen eighty-eight, nine p.m. A series called Red Dwarf starts on BBC Two. Having been rejected by the BBC in London by some Gwenlin or another, executive producer Paul Jackson slipped it onto the airways via a commission from BBC North, using a budget which had been penciled in for a second series of Ben Elton's Happy Families. Going into production in nineteen eighty-seven, the series was immediately hit by an electrician strike, and not a single show actually made it in front of the cameras. At great expense, the show was remounted later in the year and eventually the series made it to the air. But I'm here to talk about the show that got away. The episode that was dropped between the first set of rehearsals and the remount. The script which was to eventually become known as Body Snatcher. This abandoned script was first publicly mentioned in Red Dwarf's script book Son of Soup, published by Penguin in 1996. The foreword of the book, written by Rob Grant, says the second show, then considered the weakest of the initial six, involved Rimmer trying to cope with his death by going insane and trying to construct a new body for himself by stealing bits of Lister while he was asleep. I remember thinking the concept of the dropped episode sounded incredibly spooky, and also wondered how the hell he could have pulled off such an idea. I also knew I'd probably never get to find out. The next year, in 1997, discussion about the unmade episode cropped up again in the release Six of the Best. This was a VHS containing six of the best episodes from the first six series of Red Dwarf, and came with a CD containing Rob Grant, Doug Naylor, and director Ed By discussing the genesis of the show. Nowadays, with DVD extras coming out of our ears, this almost seems like the norm. But back then, it was like gold dust. Well, what we did was, uh, I think, because we had another slot of seven and we never wrote that seventh script. Actually, we did because we changed one of the scripts in between the first set of rehearsals and the second one. We threw out a script. It was show two, wasn't it? Yeah. And took some of the three or four good gags in that and, and stuck it in, yeah. in the other show. What was that? script about then the one that well was i actually made. this is very strange i came across it about three weeks ago just going through some papers oh yeah and very it's not as bad as, as i recalled it yeah. and for the next 10 years that it seemed was that holly activate the stasis field okay frank that changed in 2007 Grant Naylor Productions, having masterminded the release of the previous eight series of Red Dwarf on DVD, readied what was, on the face of it, a rather unappealing project, a DVD release of Red Dwarf Remastered. These were re-edited versions of Red Dwarf series 1-3 created in 1997, with new CGI sequences, a film effect, a new audio mix, and plenty of other fiddling around. And whilst a full discussion of them is beyond the scope of this little piece, controversial would be a polite way of putting them in Red Dwarf fandom.
What made the release more exciting for me was the clear desire to have one last rifle through the Red Dwarf archives to get as much out there as possible, with the announced extras being promoted to be as important as, if not more important, than the release of the remastered episodes themselves. And top of the list was a recreation of that lost, untitled Series 1 script, newly titled Body Snatcher, with new storyboards drawn to illustrate the action and the whole thing voiced by Chris Barry. This had been done for another unmade episode back on the Series 7 DVD in 2005, an episode called Identity Within, written by John McKay. Eventually dropped, amongst other reasons, for being too expensive to produce, the script would have been arguably the first cat-centred episode in the show's entire history, where he had to have sex or die. See attached. Interior Medibay, a few moments later. Darkness. The click and whir of a slide projector. Cat, dimly lit, is sitting up in bed. A remote control in his hand, a glazed expression in his eye as he gazes off camera. In the gloom, Lister stumbles his way from the door to the bed. Hiya, Cat. Hollow slides, eh? What are you up to? What's it look like? Looks like a lot of girls in cheesy kitten outfits from the... He tilts his head to read. Kit Kat Club Bangkok. Lister nudges him. Hey, you must be feeling better if you got the energy for all this. This is my medicine. This is a scientific prescription to reduce my temperature. Must be the only thing headed downwards just now. As an extra in its own right, Identity Within was lovely to have, and an interesting insight behind the scenes of Red Dwarf 7. But from a series where I start having problems with Red Dwarf, I don't find it especially entertaining as a comedy. Body Snatcher is different. From a series of Red Dwarf that I love, and from the pen of Rob and Doug themselves, Body Snatcher is simply an excellent episode of Red Dwarf full stop, regardless of its old history, and yet one which remains virtually unseen. Here's Lister having one of his typical early encounters with Red Dwarf's various machines. Interior, medical unit, morning. Lister races in and leaps on the chair. How can I help you? All me hair's fallen out. I see. I mean, like, overnight, boom, it's gone. I see. Why? I want to know why. Is it food poisoning? Radiation sickness? Have I been fiddling with myself more than is good for me? What? What is it? What's wrong with me? The machine makes some impressive sounding noises, then pings. Diagnosis complete. You are suffering from a medical condition known as baldness. And yes, that would be Chris Barry as the Medicomp imitating Tony Hawks, who played a dispensing machine in two episodes of that very first series of Red Dwarf, and who incidentally was also the audience warm-up. It's details like that that really make Body Snatcher feel like series one. The episode itself, and its direct treatment of how Rimmer copes with his death and subsequent resurrection as a hologram, is more reminiscent of the first Red Dwarf novel than most of what appeared in the show itself. When watching Body Snatcher, however, it feels like something that should have been addressed in an actual episode. Whilst Red Dwarf did come back to the idea of Rimmer creating a new body for himself, it's merely used as a throwaway gag in the Series 4 episode DNA. Achoo! Even the most problematic aspect of Body Snatcher managed to turn into something joyful. The original script, as written in 1983, was missing the last few pages, and they were nowhere to be found. In a ludicrously exciting move, Rob and Doug, having split as writing partners after Red Dwarf 6 in 1993, joined forces again to complete the script. 
Perhaps the only negative consequence of this is that the rest of the script was also polished at the same time. Understandable perhaps from a professional point of view, but it does slightly diminish the historical value of the final piece. Rob Grant also contributed to the DVD range for the first time, and the resulting release, titled The Body Snatcher Collection, is one of my favourite comedy DVDs ever. As well as Body Snatcher, it also features two extensive documentaries on series 1 and 2, a version of the first episode of Red Dwarf before two-thirds of it was reshot in a later studio session, other unused script extracts reconstructed with storyboards, plenty of commentaries, including one on Body Snatcher itself, and loads more. So, right now I should be advising you rush out and buy a copy immediately, yes? And I would. Except for this. Nearly 50 people have been arrested after a night of rioting in North London. Petrol bombs were thrown, vehicles and buildings set on fire and shops were looted. As local people survey the damage, community and political leaders have condemned the destruction. Well, it's just awful. The Sony Distribution Centre in Enfield just went up in flames. All copies of the Body Snatcher collection were destroyed. This is definitely the worst thing to have happened with these riots. I hope they get strung up for life for disappointing Red Dwarf fans everywhere. They are complete fuck- So, the Body Snatcher collection is generally either unavailable or on sale for ludicrously high prices. Which is a shame because the set is of such high quality that it deserves to be bought legally. Let's hope another production run happens. In the meantime, it's worth scouring the net to see if you can find a bargain. Because Body Snatcher, despite other episodes reusing its themes, or even entire jokes, slots into my head as a real episode of Red Dwarf. For me, Series 1 now has 7 episodes. Even if you stop liking a show at any point in its run, it's still well worth checking out. It's just a great episode of Red Dwarf full stop. And the only reason I'm not using more clips from the show is that I don't want to ruin it for you. It's just a shame that rescuing this kind of show from the depths of people's drawers only seems to be the province of supposedly cult shows, if you like that rather ill-defined term. Unmade material for shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who and Red Dwarf make it out there. But what about other sitcoms? Other dramas? There's a whole wealth of stuff rotting away that could be brought to a wider audience. It just needs someone to do it. That's all from Dirty Feed for this time. Thanks go to Ian Sines and Danny Stevenson. Jingles were by Jam Creative Productions of Dallas. Join me next episode where I finally drag myself into this decade and talk about My Little Pony. I love the most. I wish you could all be Equestria girls. <laughs> <laughs>